You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. Today, I have Ben Hayfley on the line from Adalo, which is a platform for building apps without code. Uh, ben, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me, James. Uh, this is another one of those uh, people that I've met at a conference and just gone, I need to have you on the uh, on the podcast, just like our last episode. And in fact, uh, I actually met you been at uh, again HubSpot's uh, in- inbounds conference, which is where this the last guest Ben uh, also sorry Scott uh, came from. So yeah, uh, really cool to meet people like yourself at conferences. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, it was a great conference and it was fun hanging out with you there. Yeah, we had a little solo crew going on. Hashtag inbound <laughs> we, solo. I, I have we to did. Rec- yeah, I have to recommend <laughs> if anyone goes to that conference. Uh, jump on Twitter and look for hashtag inbound solo, which is basically people who are going to the conference without any friends. <laughs> um, and we all met up and and we had a little crew going on and went out uh, every night together and hung out at the conference. And it was, we probably ended up with the biggest group of, of people um, together. People always wondering like, what what's going on when we walk past in this big group, but we we're all actually there solo. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun. We did some bar hopping and found some cool spots in Boston. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Ben, <laughs> uh, let's start with a little bit about uh, what you and Adalo do, um, so I don't butcher it. Yeah, absolutely. So Adalo is a way for you to create an app without having to know any code. Uh, So you can think of it sort of like WordPress or Squarespace, but what those do for websites, Adalo does for apps, either apps on your phone or apps on your website. Nice. So I kind of like, the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast is because this kind of thing I feel could uh, be easily sold to clients. Like, so uh, as an agency, when when we were still running the agency, we had uh, a lot of people would approach us for an app, and and they'd have these like expectations that I can build, you know, an Uber for puppies or something like that <laughs> <laughs> for like two thousand dollars. And you know, obviously, I, I, I'm pretty sure just applying to the iTunes store takes about two thousand bucks worth of man hours. So, um. <laughs> it was that never they, they never had the budget but yeah, yeah to have to be able to build an app quickly uh without code which is what i've seen like i've seen a demo um just for listeners reference i've actually done a demo with ben previously and seen the capabilities of the platform and it looks pretty cool so yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about that like uh what kind of clients would need apps like because from what I understand you do work with a lot of agencies correct yeah that's right and, and increasingly so because um, because you're you're right the types of people that are coming to these no code platforms are people that just couldn't afford app development before you know um, the average app kind of the normal way of developing it would take between fifty and one hundred fifty thousand dollars and that's just like way beyond the budget of a lot of clients totally. and so now that you have no code apps which people can get from you know anywhere from 
1000 to $10,000, that just opens up a whole new world of people that can now afford apps. But the issue is you still have to be good at design. Mm-hmm. And so even if you're uh, an aspiring entrepreneur or a small business, you still probably need to work with an agency to actually develop that app for you. Um, and so that's been this increasing trend we've seen of agencies jumping into the no-code app development space. And usually where they're getting started is with um, the clients that they already have. So they'll go back to people that they built their website for, and it could be a small uh, local shop or it could be even like a local high school. And they'll say, hey, we built your website. How would you like an app to better communicate with the the parents in the school community or to uh, make online ordering easier for between you and your customers? Nice. So... Let's talk about that then, some like good examples, you know, because I feel like it's kind of hard to envision what kind of clients and what kind of apps we could offer clients without knowing what's possible. So what kind of, what are the typical use cases, I guess, and and what kind of clients uh, do you see uh, apps getting built for? Sure. So, you know, I would say generally they fall into these two categories of either startups or small local businesses. And uh, just to throw out some examples of ones that we've seen, um, you know, one of the early apps that was built on our platform was a a real high-end fitness trainer. And his, uh, he just has a kind of a small one location shop, but his clients are actually uh, pro or semi-pro athletes. And so they're traveling all the time and he would used to have to send them their personalized workouts for the week as like this crazy complicated mix of Excel spreadsheets and PDFs with what the exercises should be. And so now he's got an app that manages that all for him. So he can quickly throw together a workout, send that to the client. They can see what they're supposed to do, even watch a little video of the exercise, and they can chat with their personal trainer if they've got a question about what they should be doing. Oh, that's awesome. That's a cool use case. And from, I think when we spoke earlier, I saw that you could do like a kind of directory style app. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So if you've got um, like a local chamber of commerce or different interest groups, you can easily put together a directory of multiple different kinds of businesses. And then people can browse them, see their services, even book appointments or place orders, depending on what those businesses are offering. We also see a number of startups offering variations on that kind of theme. Uh, So for example, one of the ones we work with um, is a directory of restaurants, sort of like uh, Open Table, if you've used that app, where you can uh, reserve your seat at the restaurant. But they take it a step further, and they allow you to also go ahead and browse their menu and order and pay for your food all ahead of time. So when you get to the restaurant, you can just sit down and enjoy your time with your friends and family. And that's and this is awesome because like I didn't realize uh, previously the capabilities of these no-code platforms, right? Like I always kind of assumed that it was just some really simple website style things, you know, it's just like a few pages of information. (laughs) So it's really good to hear what's possible. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we we get that reaction from a lot of people because this is honestly a problem that tech startups have been trying to solve for the past, you know, really 10 years since apps have really been Mm. popular on on mobile phones. Um, And so there have been a lot of attempts in the past that weren't very powerful and that, you know, maybe the most they could do is turn your website into an app without really offering anything more. Um, But it's only in the last year or so that kind of design and development capabilities have caught up to kind of what people would really want to build. 
Yeah, and you're right in that there's definitely almost, I don't know if it's like a stigma or what is the right word, but like from, there, there has been a lot of platforms that just didn't have a lot of capability and that's why I was um, pleasantly surprised when I saw what Adalo can do. Yeah, we'll call it a, a healthy skepticism. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, like, and just the few things we've discussed already are, like, well beyond what I would have expected. So, like, I, and um, the reason I asked about the directory app is because that was something we actually built for a client. Um, you know, this was a pretty monster monster app with, like, backends that um, people could come in and, um, I guess, manage their listings and stuff. And, like, you know, to hear that this kind of stuff is possible with without code is kind of crazy. Um, so... I can see it being a really easy uh, revenue channel to add uh, to an existing agency. Like if someone listening is interested, I feel like it's actually, it would be fairly simple. Like, you know, what's the learning curve like to actually build an app? Yeah, it's, that's a great question. You know, one of the things that we've tried to do with our platform is um, take inspiration from the design tools that you're already used to using, uh, whether that's Photoshop or Envision or Sketch, and really lean into how those tools work, but then try to make that design functional so that you're actually saving data into a database and you're actually creating real user actions. Um, so if you have any kind of experience as a designer, um, it's pretty easy to get started these days with no-code tools. That's good. So, I mean, you've kind of already spoken about the sales process a little bit, but like, is there any recommendations you have on on how to sell apps to a, to clients? Like, it's it's funny. I feel like when I was running an agency, I wouldn't have really needed much of a sales process because the amount of times people ask me for apps uh, was crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is like, I mean, now it could just be like, Oh, we can build you an app. Sure. Um, but what, yeah. is there more to the sales process? Well, so, you know, that's right. Almost everybody has a need for an app, but I guess where some of the nuance comes in is sort of that next step of the sales conversation, really when you're kind of bridging that gap between sales and starting the project management and it, it can be more complicated or just different than like designing someone's website. Um, so like one thing we definitely recommend that agencies do when they're first talking to a client about their app is kind of go through an assessment with the client, uh, starting with like just even the basics of understanding where the client is at in terms of their technical experience. Um, like, do they even already understand the difference between a website or a web uh, app or a mobile app? Mm. Um, or um, are they the kind of client that really they don't even have the best idea of how to install a new app on their phone? And so there's a whole <laughs> spectrum and just like understanding where they are is the great place to start. Um, but then the other thing that's really key is both understanding and then communicating with the client, um, the concept of an MVP um, and getting them on board with the idea of, you know, you're going to come up with lots and lots of features for your app. Um, so how can you work with them to define the most basic first set of features that you launch with, and then you can iterate with future versions uh, after you get feedback from their users? Yeah, nice. Uh, I just, I was totally thinking then when you were talking about like uh, tech savvy clients versus not tech savvy and, and uh, it just made me think of um, one of our clients who with, of content snare, um, because the, one of the biggest things we've just had to go through with Content Snare is creating a an interface that non tech savvy clients uh, can use, and yeah. um, it just I, I just totally remembered that one of our uh, biggest fans for Content Snare is uh, an app developer, 
um, because they need to get so much information out of um, clients to build apps for them that they and they use content snare. <laughs> it's just like yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just like developing websites or any other collateral, like you're, you've still got to get a lot of content from your clients and like making sure that they're committed and going to be willing to follow through. And obviously tools like Content Center can really help with that. Um, but even beyond just the app itself, there's all the things mm. that you have to collect in terms of the, you know, the app listing and their privacy policy. And, the, you know, there's extra stuff that comes along yeah, with that, totally. putting your app into the app store. Um, but then the other thing when it comes to understanding their technical ability is there's kind of this like branching point that you've got to decide with these no code tools is when you deliver the platform to them, are you going to give them access to the no code tool so that then they can tweak it and make adjustments um, in future iterations after they've launched? Or is that like way beyond where they would be comfortable? Mm. And actually as part of the app that you build, you need to build them an admin interface so they can manage the content that's being displayed in the app. Yeah. Well, that's so, that's cool that you can build an admin interface as well. So that that was like another sort of question I was wondering, and that's awesome. So, yeah, that's definitely a really common pattern that we see in a lot of apps, uh, particularly ones that our agency customers are building for their clients. Mm. Um, so like I had mentioned that one earlier where it was a directory of restaurants that you could book and then order your food from. Uh, that also has a companion app for the restaurants to manage their side of the order ah. and for the, the wait staff to then check off, has this been fulfilled? Has the payment been received? And, and all of that. Which is just awesome that you can do do this without code. <laughs> so, what, what something you mentioned before is um, just very briefly was submitting to the App Store. Now, yeah. like I know that getting apps on the App Store can be a massive pain in the ass. Not not so much with Android Play Store, um, but with mm -hmm. with iTunes. So, do you make that process a bit easier? Yeah, we certainly do as much as we possibly can to, to help people there. Um, you know, the, the key thing that Apple and Google both require is that when the app is submitted to the App Store, that it's under your client's account. So they'll have to create an Apple and Google developer account, mm -hmm. um, which is a, that's a pretty easy kind of step-by-step -step process to do that. And then once they have that account, though, then they can invite you or us to then help them process their App Store posting. And it's pretty smooth after that. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So the last, the last real thing, I guess, is, is the ongoing stuff, which we started uh, talking about there um, just before. Uh, with, yeah, I mean, like, there's a, a couple of ways I can see this working, right? Like you said, you can either give them access and uh, let them run, I guess, <laughs> is an option, <laughs> or which probably isn't a, a, you know, a very good option for most agencies because most clients would kind of tend to mess up um, <laughs> whatever they touch. <laughs> but uh, so look, what have you seen a few different ways that people use this to add revenue beyond just that initial project? Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, there is the initial project, like you just mentioned. Um, but then most platforms give you the ability to then uh, charge a recurring revenue fee as well. Mm -hmm. So, the platforms will make that part of what they charge because that will include all of the hosting of the app's data and the bandwidth and all of that, which would be an ongoing fee no matter how you're developing an app. Mm -hmm. um, 
But then platforms with agency plans will then let the agencies essentially get a cut of that ongoing fee. And so it's a really great way for agencies as you add more and more clients to build up the sustainable recurring revenue base um, that really you don't have to do very much to maintain once that client has launched their app. As long as their app is being used and being successful, they're going to keep paying that fee to continue their data hosting and you can continue to participate in that success of theirs. Mm. And I can see this being another opportunity for maintenance plans. I don't know how familiar you are with like, I guess the WordPress maintenance space, but it's become massive in the, yeah in the last sort of couple of years, Every, everyone has maintenance plans now. And I can see it being fairly simple to create a new maintenance plan for someone's app, you know? So whether that's like, I don't know, updates. And so, so whenever they want to change something in the app, they just email you uh, and, and you do it. Uh, and you charge, I don't know, like a couple hundred bucks a month or something for that privilege uh, as, as a pretty common maintenance plan. I can see that as a, another option. Um, you know, maybe, is it possible for the agency to pay for the app on behalf of the client? Yeah, so we've actually, it's been interesting. We've seen agencies kind of take a couple of different approaches to that. Either the agency is paying the, the recurring fee on behalf of the client or the client's paying it directly. Um, but even within that, there's an option to make that uh, even white label. So the client may be being billed directly, but they're only really aware of the agency involved in that. Um, but with yes. what you were talking about with uh, with maintenance plans is definitely something that we see, um, and that's that's really one of the cool things in general about no code platforms is that you can launch your app, and like of course, no matter what you launch, you're going to get feedback from your users. And it, that used to be almost impossible to do because you would have spent your entire budget if you, if you could even manage that on app development. Mm-hmm. But with these no-code tools, you can get that feedback and very quickly make iterations so that you know, within the first few weeks, you've made substantial improvements based on seeing your app in the real world and how really, real people are actually using it. Which is a massive selling proposition to clients, you know, and, that, and that's sometimes the way I used to sell websites as well was talk about trying to get something fairly minimal out there to start with um, and then building on it as we go. Um, and now with apps, that makes even more sense because it's like you can actually see what people are doing and iterate, which is way better in the long run because you're actually going to build something that people want. Uh, and then like that's almost a selling point to get people on a plan. Uh, you know, and, that, and I asked if the agency can uh, pay it fully on the client's behalf because I can see that being just how it would work. You know, we have one maintenance plan where everything is taken care of. The client doesn't have to pay multiple people. They just pay the agency, you know, X dollars a month and they get uh, the the app hosting and, and modifications or something, you know, up to a certain limit. Um, and that would be a very... It feels like a pretty simple revenue channel for agencies. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. And like I said, all, increasingly the majority of my conversations with people using Adalo have been these agencies. Um, and we're, we're even starting to see more and more agencies that are just dedicated to even no-code platforms. Not, not that you have to be, but that's just, it's a fascinating world we're living in now where this opportunity created by opening up the development of apps to people with design skills is just creating more and more options for people to develop a sustainable agency business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've definitely seen a few of that. Like I, I just found another no-code like website, like a web, WordPress alternative the other day, and I was like, man, these, these seem to be coming coming out everywhere now um but i don't see many app and web app 
um, no code tools that I would actually recommend. So, uh, and Adala was one of those. So, man, thanks for making something so awesome. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Is there anything <laughs> else you'd like to cover before we wrap this up? Um, you know, I, if, uh, hopefully you and your audience don't mind me getting just a little bit philosophical, but, you know, we're just talking about there's, there's more and more of these kinds of tools all the time. And, um, you know, we've been thinking about that a lot lately and I was actually doing some research of when, um, when like humans invented like reading and writing and it, that, that was like, that was like 3000 BC but it wasn't until 1950 that half of the world's population could read and write. So it took 5,000 years for humans to invent that capability and then have that like massively available. And, you know, with, with software that, that really started in about 1950 as well. Um, but it's just here, it's only taken us about 70 years to get to the point where we're just on the cusp of unlocking software creation for the vast majority of people. And I think we're going to see a tremendous amount of innovation mm. and we're going to see apps for all kinds of people and businesses that could never have access to it before because it was so expensive. Yep. Um, and there's just going to be this huge explosion and people that are agencies and have design skills are going to be on the forefront of making that happen for more and more people. Damn, that's a, that's a great point. And thanks for finishing up on that. So where, Ben, can people go to find out um, about Adalo and what are their options for getting started? Yeah, so you can check out our website at adalo.com. You can sign up for Just quickly, a that's A-D-A-L-O.com. <laughs> yeah, th- thank you, James. Yeah, um, you can sign... You can sign up for, for a free account and play around with it and kick the tires. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at AdaloHQ. Awesome. Thanks, man. Can people get like a demo or something um, as well? Because uh, like just to see how it works. I mean, sometimes these things can be better like through like a guided, even if it's just a, a video, you know? Yeah, of course. I'm always happy to do that for people. Uh, so you can email me directly at ben at adalo.com and we can schedule a time and I'd be happy to give you a quick walkthrough. Hell yeah. What an offer. Ben, thank you so much for joining me and talking about this awesome potential uh, revenue stream for agencies. Yeah, thanks for having me. If you've enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a review or Spotify or any of the other platforms, whatever you happen to use. Uh, and if you have any questions on how to, something you want solved in your agency, please head to agencyhighway.com and use the contact form to let me know uh, what you are looking for help with. And I'll see if I can find an expert to help. Thanks again and see you in the next episode. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more, and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.